So unless you have been living under a rock, you probably have heard some disturbing, kind of crazy things about the United States. Well, today I am here to answer the question: Is America really that bad? You are listening to Living in English 365 by Paradigm English. Welcome to episode 61 of the Living in English 365 podcast. Paradigm English. Well, hello there. I am your host Ashley Rona from the Living in English 365 podcast and the online school at paradigmenglish.com. Today I wasn't going to do this podcast, but some things have happened and it's kind of important to address the white elephant in the room. Now, if you don't know what that means, when somebody uses that phrase or that expression uh to address uh, the white elephant in the room, they're talking about something that is extremely obvious, right? If there was actually an elephant in your room, you would know it, right? You can't ignore it. So, I'm going to do that instead of talking about dentistry like I was going to because I think this is something that's it's important. And as your coach, I need to make sure that you're prepared. So, as the whole world knows now, there was a white police officer in Minnesota last year that kneeled on George Floyd's neck and killed him. He essentially murdered a man and we all watched it happen. There were protests all over the world and um you know thank god for that people are upset about this but something that many people have asked me and I always kind of thought like well this is general knowledge like don't we all know this unless you've been living under a rock which means that you are just absolutely ignorant to everything um yes America is that bad it really is that bad if you aren't white and in particular a white male so when we're talking about white we're talking about white culture um and that generally means like european so in particular we have problems with the police and race and um uh there's a lot of a lot of problems and i just kind of wanted to talk about some of them today I think the thing with George Floyd that really disturbed a lot of people and the incident that happened earlier this week where a female officer, a white female officer discharged meaning she shot her gun, her weapon at a guy, I think he was 20, and she killed him. Supposedly it was a mistake, but I mean it's a costly mistake. The man is dead. She quit her job and her boss quit as well. So, you know, it's it's a mistake that literally disrupted and ended a life um and many other ones so the police are that bad yes they they honestly are that bad not all of them of course but you do always have to kind of walk lightly when there are police around and i think the profession um it attracts a certain type of personality per- people that are looking for power and Unfortunately, you know, many of those people are just not mentally stable. I know you might say like, "Well, isn't there a way that you can check that?" Yeah, um, it's kind of a joke mental health in this country. 
you wouldn't think it would be, but it is. I have um, several friends. In fact, my best friend is a sheriff, a deputy sheriff here in Oklahoma. And it's, um, yeah, just the stuff that I've heard that they've been through, um, that they have seen. It's stuff that you would never, ever, ever in a nightmare or even a bad movie, which you would want to see. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of resources for them to, you know, take advantage of, to use, because there is kind of a social stigma involved with going to get help and their profession. They're supposed to be seen as strong, for example. And if you go and get mental health help, well, that must mean you're weak, right? Um, there's another issue with surveillance. Whenever you go into predominantly non-white neighborhoods, there is a lot more of a police presence, meaning there are a lot more police officers. And the police officers in the United States, they don't just sit in one place and wait for something to happen. Like they drive around and they um, search out different areas. They look for trouble. And of course, if you're looking for trouble, you'll probably find it. So that's one issue. And I know like personally, I've been followed by police officers. I've been given a ticket before and I didn't break any law. Um, and you can't do anything. There's a powerlessness in all of it because they have the power and they have unions and they have a pretty strong, they call it the blue wall. Um, you know, our police officer uniforms are kind of bluish, dark, dark blue. It's almost black. Um, they have different colors depending where they are and, and what their job is, but you know, they call it a, a blue wall. And, um, that's what we're watching right now as this trial unfolds with Derek Chauvin. I know a lot of people are like, we watched him kill him. Like he's guilty. Well, that's not how it works here. And he has his, you know, day in court, literally. So people that aren't, aren't white, that means they're um, considered black. They're considered Latino. Um, they're considered Asian or Native American or something else that people don't consider white in this country. And speaking about mixed, in the United States, we there's some old, old racist rule called the one drop rule. What that means is if you have one drop of black blood, you're black. That's how they see it. It doesn't matter if, you know, that parent was half black, mixed race, whatever they are, it doesn't matter. You're considered that ethnicity, that race. And the same goes for any other, um, any, anything else. So you can be half Caucasian or half white and half Chinese, but they will always consider you half Chinese. You're not like half white. It's pretty disturbing, but it's true. And then those people are faced, often faced with an identity crisis, which means they don't know who they are. They are forced to choose one side, and usually it's the the non-white side um, because one of the sides or both sides reject them because they don't fit in. They are not part of the culture, perhaps they might see it, as in, it, you know, depending where you live and depending on your home life, it can be traumatizing in some ways, and some people are actually bullied for, for it, which is unfortunate. Now. We saw the mass killings 
a couple of weeks ago in the Asian community, and that's a real life for Asian com- our Asian community here as well. Um, it doesn't matter if they were born in the United States and their grandparents were born here and great-grandparents. People just don't seem to care. Many people. Um, they still are seen as other. And even people within, like, Black communities see them the same way. Um, they see them as somehow being able to attain things that we haven't been able to attain ever in the history of our time in this country. Um, They're able to own banks and start successful businesses and in a generation be successful. While meanwhile, it's taken um, African-American families generations and they're still seemingly oppressed. So Asians are often othered in the sense that some think they're treated as more white, meaning they have more privilege, while at the same time, um, in the white community, and of course, this is what I've been told, I'm not Asian, but um, they would be, you know, they're still not considered white, so they're still discriminated against, and they're in this, uh, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place in some ways. And the same goes for um, Arabs and people that are not Christians, um, in this country, they're still discriminated against. And it's so, so, so sad. Things are very, very polarized, meaning at opposite ends. Yes, it's true that the United States is a melting pot, which means that there are people from all over the world. There are people, you know, from every country you could think of, even countries that don't exist anymore. You know, though we have people from there. And in that sense, you know, it makes it very unique. But at the same time, where you find these people isn't necessarily mingling with each other. Not always, at least. You will see whole neighborhoods that are only white or white and Asian or a couple of black people here and there, or it'll be whole sides of a town, the whole southeast side of a town or the whole south side of a town is, for example, Latino or the whole east side is uh, predominantly and historically African-American And no, they are not mixing with each other and they don't want to for whatever reason. Um, But when you have a police force that's predominantly white, that causes issues. Um, It can cause issues, I should say. You know, there's also a problem whenever you walk into a store and you're a minority people will often follow you around as if you are going to steal something, even though you just walked in the store and there's kind of a sense of like, hurry up and get out of my store before you steal something. Um, You'll be overlooked for positions as a minority in this country. Um, Once they see that your name sounds ethnic, they can't be like Ladasha Smith. Ladasha isn't a name that would, you know, it sounds like it could be African-American. And so therefore, maybe we won't hire this person because this person might act ghetto or uncouth or uneducated and they're going to just cause problems. And of course, you'll never hear a hiring manager say that because of, <laughs> that's illegal. They can't say that. But that is indeed what what's happening. And if a minority, especially a black person, that's what I can speak to the most, once they go into situations like that where it's basically all white and they're the token black person or the token minority, 
um, there is a sense that you have to change the way that you speak. You have to talk white, basically. Um, African Americans in this country have their own way of speaking. We have our own language. We have our own sign language. We are a completely different culture. And though we understand more, I, in my opinion, um, white culture around us, white culture has never reciprocated that. And it's always you need to adapt to us and we're not going to adapt to you. So therefore, one must change the way that they speak. So the way that I'm speaking to you now, this I'm considered speaking to you white. And no, it is not a good thing in the black community. Actually, I was kind of teased a lot as a kid for it. Now, of course, I can. I don't know if I'd call it a black scent, but I, I can speak in African-American uh, English, of course. But I don't want to. I choose to code switch is what it is. Depending on, on who it is that I'm speaking with, I will code switch. And a lot of minorities have to do that. But I don't think I've ever once heard um, a white person tell me that they've done that. And I've never seen them do that unless they are doing a black scent, which is racist. Please, please don't do that. Anyway, so you change your speech, you change the way you dress, you change your hair. It's a big problem if black people in particular wear their naturally curly hair. Um, it's seen as, you know, beneath people. It's seen as dirty. It's seen as unprofessional. Um, and really, you know, people will bother you. My brother was a basketball player in college. He played for, um, he's played basketball his whole life, but at this particular college, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, he played there many years ago. And his coach told him even, I think he had braids or maybe he was growing his hair. I can't really remember, but his coach told him like, you need to do something with your hair. Can you imagine? My hair grows from my head like this, but you want me to do something? What, what is it you want me to do? Um, students have been suspended from school, meaning the school said they can't come to school because they have braids or they have weave or um, they have dreads or something like that. Meanwhile, other little kids can wear their pigtails and their braids and it's totally fine. And therein is where the racism lies, where it's not applied equally. And it's such a big, big, big problem. You know, um, it's also, you know, the white beauty standard in this country. That is what people, or at least the media, um, wants you to aspire to look like. And of course, you know, many people, they don't look like that. Only that particular model looks like that. Um, and it's very toxic. And I bet you probably have something similar in your country. So there's so much, so much more with race, um, even with disabilities. In other countries, our money is, um, well, in other countries, they have different sizes for each bill. You know, the one euro, well, it's a coin, but like, you know, five euro bill and a 10 euro or hundred dollar bill, they're not a hundred euro bill. They're not the same size, right? They're either wider and longer. They're different colors. It's not like that in the United States. All of our money is one size, but that doesn't help the blind. I do believe it has a bit of braille on it now, but that's still doesn't help the blind. It helps them a little bit, but it would be a lot more beneficial if we would actually just have different sizes for our money. But 
therein is another bit of discrimination. Yeah, America is not as great as you might think it is. I think it's probably great if you have a lot of money because it's a capitalist society. I could go on and on about, you know, the different things that have happened to me. People won't wait on you at a restaurant, meaning the server won't serve you food. They won't come to your table. That's happened. When you walk into a place and it's full of white people and you're the only person that's not white, you feel your skin. You feel that they know and they're looking at you. And um, it's very, it's very distressing, I guess I would say. I think also, if you don't know, there are some, this is so sad to say, but there are some places called sundown towns. Do you know what that is? No? (laughs) Sundown towns is where when the sun goes down, so when the sun sets, when it's dark outside, you had better not be in that town anymore if you aren't white. Yeah, you heard that right. Don't be in this town if you are not white. The police are going to harass you. Um, You know, 50, 60 years ago, they would just kill you. You know, they would lynch you. And I, I, I have personally seen something like this before, and I didn't understand it. This was more than 20 years ago. I went with my family from Oklahoma City to, um, I think we were going either to Nashville, Tennessee, or to Memphis, Tennessee. I don't remember, but it was in Tennessee, one of those two big places, uh, big cities. And I don't know where we were, but I remember that sign and, you know, excuse my French, but it said, niggers turn back. I didn't even know what that word meant. Um, But I woke up to my parents and they were kind of angry. And I'm like, what's wrong? Like, it's so late. What, why are you guys upset? And I think they might have told me, but I, of course, didn't understand it, you know, but now, now I understand it. But people are happy so long as you're silent about all of the problems that you're going through, but being silent doesn't make anything change, right? So there's that. Um, You know, you're wrong. You're often seen as wrong or guilty even before you do anything. You could just be standing there and you'll be seen as being guilty especially compared to someone who is not, um, well, basically anyone white. You know, and going back to the point about hair and skin, uh, people just want to touch you and they think that it's their right to be able to touch you. Um, this happened to me overseas, so I don't want to make it sound like this is just an American thing. If you If you see someone and you really admire the way that their skin tone looks or their hair, do not touch them. What is this, a petting zoo? Don't do it. It's extremely degrading, dehumanizing, and rude. But I had a woman do this to me. Um, I had come from playing tennis. I was probably like one or two years out of high school. Um, And um, she was standing behind me in a line. It was an an older white woman and her husband. And um, she's just standing behind me. And next thing I know, she's rubbing her hand on my back, like my upper back. I thought, oh, my goodness, what's happening? And she just is like, your skin is so even. It's so beautiful. But I thought, in what world is it okay to molest somebody in the line? Of course, I was just shocked. I couldn't say anything, but I never, ever forgot it. And, um, you know, I think part of this is because my ancestors and many in this country, they're, we're descendants of slaves. So we're not immigrants. 
Most of the black people in the United States are not immigrants here. We didn't choose to come here. Uh, We were forced here. We were stolen and forced here. So in one sense, I believe that many in the white community, especially, they still have this mentality that we're objects. Um, we're, we're just property. And so therefore we should be able to do whatever we want. Um, and I'm not saying they all think this, and there's still this very, uh, this underlying idea about that because in the end they can, because look at George Floyd, even if he had a counterfeit money, a counterfeit bill, did it deserve, did he deserve to die for that? You know, our lives don't mean anything. And that's why the black lives movement um, is so important because there has to be a change. Like we cannot keep doing this. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, and, and it's been very difficult to get ahead. As I said, um, you're paid less. Yeah. You're paid less for being, if you're a woman, you're paid less anyway, but if you're a black woman or a Latino woman, or even a native American woman, you are paid way less than than a white woman, even if you've gone to school, you know, edu- educational attainment, it's extremely difficult to get into university because, um, you know, I'm only, my parents would have been born at the start of the 60s and they would have been the first um, people, first classes to be integrated. So can you imagine like my parents in the 60s and I was born in the 80s that's not that big of a gap between those years and many of those teachers were still alive so are they giving us a quality education who knows um and I'm not sure if it's particularly better than it was back then but anyway you go to school and you get these degrees and you still are not able to have the equal opportunity that you would see some of your other peers getting. And of course you just keep trying, like, you know, it can't be that, but in the end, it very well may be, who knows. Um, anyway, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. And, and this ended up being a lot longer and absolutely not what I wanted to talk about, but I, I do want you to understand that if you come to the United States, understand that what you're seeing is probably not an exaggeration it is that bad here. Um, race and ethnicity has, an, well, it always has been a big issue. Some people ask, like, why is it like that? There are a lot of reasons why. For me, the main reason is that there is no social integration and there never has been. Right after slavery was abolished, nothing really happened. It was just like, all right, release all the, the slaves. Release to what? They've been in servitude. Well, they've been in slavery for three, four hundred years. What is it you want them to do? So, you know, there weren't any social programs. There was nothing socially to integrate these people. Um, there was still this deep hatred that um, grew from that. And this is even scratching. This isn't even scratching the surface of the issue here. But that is one underlying issue is that they never dealt with the race issue in this country and they they still refuse to and if they actually wanted something to change they would do that hard work and the healing that needs to be done um to get there now i don't want to just 
to have this discourage you from coming to the United States. It's still an interesting place to visit. Um, you know, if you're going to live, you probably wouldn't have these types of issues, especially since you're aware of them. Like I've, I'm in my thirties now and I've lived here for the majority of my life. You know, I've lived other places um, and I'll be going back to Turkey here in a little bit. Uh, well, here in a couple of months, not right now, but um, you know, it's, it is something to be aware of and, you know, f- and to absolutely try your hardest to not be part of the issue. So this was a very long podcast and a kind of a heavy one, but um, you know, that's really what I have for you today. If you have any other questions about this, please post in the comments on livinginenglish365.com for episode 61, and I'll be happy to address them either in the comments or, you know, I might address it in another podcast, a follow-up to this one. But I'm Ashley Roan from paradigmenglish.com, and I hope you have a really good day. Hey, thanks for listening to the Living in English 365 podcast. Be sure to check the description below for all resources and links. And don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and share this with your friends. Paradigm English.